You are tuned into the Fox Motorsport Supercars podcast. But just before kickoff, I'd love to alert you all about a brand new product on the Fox Sports Podcast Network, The Splash. Hosted by myself, Phil Pryor, it's a short, sharp, Monday to Friday production looking at the Fox Sports website's major headlines, stories, and part of the process too. Please search and subscribe. That's The Splash on iTunes and also Spotify now. Thanks for your attention. Now time for the show. This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pit Lane Rogue. Welcome to the Fox Motorsports Supercar Podcast. Uh, thanks to everyone. We were held it over a week because there was some breaking news this week, so we thought we'd talk about that instead. Uh, joined today by uh, Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Welcome, Will. Surely you're not suggesting you knew about this in advance. I know what you're talking about. I actually don't. I knew nothing. I, there was a, a suspicion floating around, but nothing concrete that I can actually hand on heart tell you. Uh, and Lewis Isaacs. Freelance motoring journalist, welcome along, Lewis. Yeah, thank you. It was hard work clearing my busy schedule, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to be back in right now. And also joined by our resonant uh, championship contender and Erebus Motorsports, uh, David Reynolds. Welcome, Mr. Reynolds. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Surprised you have me back every time. I don't know why. <laughs> well, someone's got to make us look good. That's you know. And no one else likes us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You give us credibility. <laughs> Oh, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, we um, we thought we'd hold off for the uh, the big announcement uh, that was made uh, today, uh, Tuesday. For those that are, are wondering, uh, the Mustang is back. Wait, we're not talking about the Percat livery. This is well. Look, that was the big announcement this morning. Okay. It well, at six a.m., my my phone did beep with the the Percat core gas livery, and I was like, awesome. It is Let, a good looking car. Okay, done. Let's talk about the Mustang. Uh, so. Boys, Mustang's back, Ford are back in. Will, this is a good thing, yes. Oh, absolutely. To have Ford back in, in any significant presence, which this is, they're going to supply technical support and financial support to the teams. The CEO of Ford Australia came out today and said, like, this is a partnership between us and the teams. So it's great to see that brand back in with this level of commitment to not just the sport, but also performance cars in general, because they're bringing the Ford performance brand to Australia. I, I was concerned when they made the announcement this morning that we were going to go back to the future again with Ford performance racing coming back in. I was like, oh, we just switched to Tickford. we <laughs> gone back to the future. Are we going back in? You know, are we back and forth? Rip all the what new are, patches off yeah. back to FPR. What are we calling them now? Anyway. But the Ford, Ford Performance brand is coming, not Ford Performance Racing yet. Tickford. Correct. It's a big tick. Slash Team Penske oh, DJ. No, it's going to make my head Shell hurt. Shell V-Power Racing. Mega Racing my, Fuels. No, it makes my head hurt. Um, and Lewis, it's it's good to see, even though they're not factory supported, it's good to see Ford back in the series and supporting uh, these two teams. It's it's massive because around the time they pulled the pin from supercars the first time around, they'd also got out of World Rally... Um, you know, the decade before that, they got out of Formula One too. So motorsport didn't really seem on the radar. Then very quickly, they've got back into GT racing with the uh, the Ford GT, which is one of the the best looking race cars in the world, in my opinion. And, and now this <laughs> humble opinion, humble opinion, very humble. And now this, and I think it's a massive vindication of, I guess, the Gen Two rules because for a while they looked like they had stalled. You know, the V6 obviously got the can. The ZB is not a massive departure from the VF and this is this is the two-door coupe that everyone was talking about and it's going to make a pretty great looking race car as well 
and the hope is it lifts the standard too. Like other brands will want to come in and they'll want to beat the Mustang because it's not exciting beating a Falcon. It's not exciting beating an Ultima that you can't buy, but it's exciting to to beat a Mustang if mm. if you can. And Davey, what do you, what do you think about the news? We've just we've just broken we've broken the uh, the news to you and told you. What's your first impression of it? Yeah, well, I didn't know, so thanks for telling me. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. What were you doing this morning uh, anyway? Oh, I, I just don't read much news. It's all full of dogs anyway. <laughs> fair, fair, yeah. My personal opinion. I'm talking to a bunch of journos. I probably shouldn't say that. No, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Well, there's only one here. No, like, I, like I, obviously, I, I, <laughs> I really honestly didn't know. So um, I, I meant it's full of other crap in the other news and, you know, all that propaganda and whatnot. No, but I think it's really good. It's actually really, really good to see some manufacturing support step back in from, you know, the blue side, and it's been vacant for a couple of years, so um, it's really, really good. But, you know, I wanted the ZB to run at, uh, at least have two good years without another body shape coming in, and we start complaining about that one, how it's got parity. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, the, the parody thing is interesting because it's uh, it's going to be, I think, interesting trying to fit it over the body shape of the, the chassis of the, the car of the future, car of now, car of today. Yeah, tomorrow. It, it seems like when they introduce a new car too, they do push the limits a bit. You know, at first it was the, the LED headlights and, you know, lightweight panels and whatnot. So I guess with a factory involvement coming from Ford Performance and someone like Ludo who's renowned for being quite clever, how they kind of push that to the next level is also going to, to change the competition a bit. That's something to look forward to too because the rules are, are reasonably narrow in supercars but they find a way to get quicker every year and that's um, a testament to the engineers. The the One of the more interesting things that I was thinking about with the announcement this morning is Triple Eight openly said that doing three different uh, projects last year compromised their championship. Which they won. Uh, yes. Sure. <laughs> well, they didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. easily, they didn't, it wasn't an easy win, but yes, yeah, they won. They, 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 won, they won in the last race, the sure. last lap, instead of, you know, at Bathurst. <laughs> okay, all things considered, do you think that having Ludo and Nathaniel Osborne on this project will hamper Scott McLaughlin's and the Tickford guys' championship tilt? It's spreading the load, though. Like, when you have, effectively, the two leading engineers from two different teams it's not going to be as big of a drain as having the two key engineers out of one team double or sort of splitting their time. So it will probably have some level of impact, but Ludo's done this before. He's worked, he's, he was behind the development of what the VF, the ones before that in conjunction with Holden and Walkinshaw, Walkinshaw racing. So he would have a pretty good understanding of how to carry out one of these projects Without it impacting the racing, so and they're two well-resourced teams as well. Yeah, Penske's got the American arm. But didn't he do the FG as well? Correct. Yep. Yeah, so he's done a fair few of them. Yeah, he oh, knows what he's doing. He's he's not a he's not a deal by any means, but yeah, um, uh, Aussie did the uh, FTX as well. So you know, in conjunction with um, is it Premcar or something like that? One of the other. Offsiding. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, so I was all part of that, but I was sort of vaguely part of it. I was just their dummy test driver, but it was actually a pretty cool program. They spend a, they do spend a lot of hours, you know, CFG track um, on 
on-track stuff and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into it that you never you never really think of. It's, it's a lot of man hours, mm. definitely. Well, everyone knows a lot about Ludo, but you worked with Nathaniel. He was your race engineer for a while. So so what's he like? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. He is such a good guy. Good character and, you know, just... He, use, he, he uses all of the tools that he can that's available to him. So he'll do, you know, like he made that FGX what it was, and it, that was that's still probably one of the best cars in the field. So, you know, it's a phenomenal, he does a phenomenal job. Very, very smart guy. Aussie's strength is, even if he does it like when he did the FGX, he actually didn't, he's never done anything like that before, but he learned mm. how to do it very quickly. And he just goes, I don't, he, he honestly said, I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm going to make it work, and it won a championship. Did he ever? Yeah, yeah straight, yeah, straight at the gate. Mm. It, it was interesting the the timing of this because it wasn't that long ago that you know that uh, that uh, Roger Penske was out there saying, "Look, we could switch manufacturers, we could do this and that," and then suddenly the deal comes together that suddenly it's back on. Do you think that had anything to do with it, or was it just a little bit of PR spin just to throw everyone off? Well, it just like given the date that this was all launched on. April, it's April 17, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yes. April 17, which is the 54th birthday of the Ford Mustang. Um, it seems like there was some level of prior planning in all of this, that there must have been, it must have been at the very least signed off well before now. Yeah. Especially if the teams have said, okay, we've we've done this much in terms of looking at how the car will definitely fit over the top of the Car of the Future chassis. Yep. So well, we know work has been done prior because mm. James Phelps wrote that story about the Mustang, you know, being investigated, uh, investigated, yes. and and apparently had upset a few people that the work that and frightened some people off in actually doing it. So they must have done some prior work to now to get it there. But it was interesting. I rem- I remember when we had Ryan's story on the last podcast. Hi, Ryan. Hello, Ryan, who may or may not have said that the Mustang was still a while away. So I'm looking forward to catching up with Ryan at... uh, A while is, is, you know, a few months. That's Not a week. Well, it is still a while (laughs) away. The car itself is still a while away. Yeah. So what would you say to Ryan? Do you reckon he knew? Would you say... Oh, absolutely he knew. So I'm looking forward to catching up with Ryan at Phillip Island and uh, and asking him uh, if he was foxing a little bit or, you know... And fair enough. Like he's, with, just a, he's a politician from Penske. Yeah. <laughs> well, with how this relationship, they've been very careful the last few years to not upset Ford. Like they could sure. have, they could have gone out and put a Mustang on top of the car at the future chassis, wheeled it out, and started trying to race it, and have Ford go, uh, "What do you think you're doing?" Mm. But no, they've gone about this in a very sensible way. And for, the Ford CEO said this morning, like. At the start of last year, we started thinking, okay, we've got an opportunity here with Ford Performance. We could start getting back into motorsport. And then they approached the teams at the end of last year. Yeah. No, I think this is a good thing. And it'll be well-received by the fans. This is what everyone wanted. Yeah, it's it's in contrast to the news from Holden, too, that we got last week that the the six-cylinder twin-turbo V6 was was binned. Sure. Um, yeah, that, yeah mm. that, that statement from Holden today talking about relegating... The Mustang. There's a lot of hubris in mm. that, considering they just pulled the pin that was, on their massive engine program. Well, that that was interesting too, because it, you know, the, on the Friday it was binned. Friday morning it was binned, and then they had Mark Harlan come down to to Tasmania, and then on Monday he was gone. He was gone. Mm. I was like, what's going on here? It's, it's all very uh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Topsy turvy. 
there's a fascinating kind of um, storyline going on at Holden right now. And I mentioned it off air, but I recommend people investigate Toby Hagen's mm. story from Fairfax on the weekend about Holden yeah. and the position they're in and the, the declining sales and the deal with PSA with the Commodore. It's it's pretty fascinating to see where they're actually positioned and what, and I guess down the line what that could mean for the supercars program because now you've had this massive commitment from Ford less than a fortnight after Holden mm. scrapped its biggest infrastructure program that they've had for a long time. But you look at the position both companies have been in over the past three years, Holden are effectively a year later down the line or a year earlier depending on you, which way you look at it in terms of when they shut down manufacturing in Australia. You see how Ford responded to that challenge. They left motorsport entirely, went away, got all their, all their ducks in a row, and here they are back full force. Holden is still probably on the on the bottom of that curve at the moment. Mm. So I guess we'll see. Well, the, the, I, I think we need to talk about the Tassie round <laughs> for a second because there was a lot of... Uh, uh, incidences through that that weekend, and and Davey, you uh got caught up in a couple there at uh, at Tassie. How do you mean caught up? Well, there was a little bit of uh. You almost ended up in the back of car ninety seven. Yeah, that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, in pra- in a seems so long yeah, ago. Three. Yeah, yeah, you, you managed to catch yeah, up with weird. your old mate. Yeah, your old mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit weird. I was just you know, trying to do my laps in practice, and he started his lap, and. Uh, Somehow he just started in front of me, and then he uh, got a bad run through one and decided to me over because he got a bad run, and he actually got a fine, which is they're calling that the uh, dickhead tax. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, it's a it's a good good thing. It's good, like you know, we're all sportsmen. We try and most of the time we try and get out of each other's way when we can. Sometimes it's unavoidable, and like I wouldn't go out there and try and purposely get in someone's way just to you know. I don't know, prove that I'm a bigger wanker than he is. I don't really know. I don't know, so... Have you, has he, bit... have you two caught up, or is it, you still haven't uh, spoken since then? Why would I talk to him? Oh, he's, just... he's dead to him, don't you, don't you remember? <laughs> he's dead to you. I, I just thought, I just, I didn't know whether he, he cleared the air or whether it was just, uh, I don't know. I was just, I was curious whether you two had spoken. No. Cool. Yeah. Um so are you <laughs> <laughs> just thought we'd move on. Um are, are you are you, is, you know, is retribution on your radar? Are you gonna give him a little bit of hip and shoulder when you see him next time or is there because they you know No mate, I just, like I'm not I'm not that sort of person. I treat everyone the same on the track and So you're gonna hip and shoulder everyone, is that what you're saying? Well, I I you know, if my car's faster I'm gonna try and pass you and if you're faster than me I'm gonna try and defend you and just, it doesn't matter who's behind me if I'm if I'm friends with them for mm. ten, fifteen years, or I've just stepped in the series. It's I treat everyone equally, and that is I hate everyone equally. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, just joking. Like that truck race, uh, Mike Skinner once said, "I'd wreck my own mother if it meant I'd win a race." Yeah, well, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <bad>. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to love NASCAR races. You do, yeah. Yeah, um, good to see Lounge get the chocolates. Across the across the weekend, take a, his yeah, first mate. race win since 2015, 2016. 2016. 2016. It's, yeah, it's been a while. Has yeah. 2016? No, QR. <laughs> QR. Yeah. QR, yeah. Yeah, he's got a couple of good tracks, old Lounsey. He still yeah. goes good at a couple. Especially keeping his uh, two teammates behind him as well was uh, and kind of fend them off through the race. Because we we often talk about Lounsey having that third car and whether it's as fast as the others and gets all the go the good bits. 
but he seemed to uh, he seemed to to not hinder him on the weekend. And the pit stops were good. Yes, well, he got out in front of his teammate, although his teammate was a little bit uh, angry, concerned, uh, not so happy that that Lounsey had beaten him out of the pits. Well, it's uh, yeah. But all, all, all four of those cars were on song that weekend. They had um, they mm. must have had a good setup. They've got good engine power. They put the, they put it to the ground well, and they're always fast at those that that style of track. Um, even sort of like Jaffa Block, Lockbrock, a young kid mm. hasn't hasn't got a lot of experience. Was up the front too, so you know he did a fantastic job. And the whole all those four cars were super fast, so. Yeah, they're going to be extremely hard to beat, especially Wind Cup, because he had a DNF at at uh, Adelaide, and now he's leading the championship a couple yeah. rounds later. So, um, he's, you know, he's he's made up a lot of points on all of us. And you know, imagine if he won his eighth title. Like I'd just say, dude, can you just give us a chance? Like, try and quit. <laughs> just do half the races. Yeah, I'll just be like, yeah, just just quit for us. Or no, no Winton, no QR. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but surely there's a better. Surely we should just put him in a worse car. Yeah, like it, like it, like I, if I LDM, LDM was still LDM here, was exactly. Put him yeah. in the LDM car and see how he goes. Need some yeah, WPS put up a racing. Prize if you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> From all the drivers to say, okay, there you go, you're the best. Yep. Yeah, you've earned that. Well one. Done, son. Yeah, no. you can win a championship with an LDM car. You've earned your money. The Win Cup Cup. Yeah, the, the other seven didn't count. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was going to give props to Jack LeBrock because he actually drove the wheels off that thing on the, the weekend. and um, Drove the splitter off it? Well, that's the, that's the next thing with a, a, a shaky front splitter as well. I didn't think he was going to finish that race, but came through with, you know, two top tens and, you know, he's actually looked... It was a mature drive. It was a massive form reversal, yeah. wasn't it? Because mm. he seemed to be towards the back end of the pack, which I guess is where rookie drivers you know, should end up naturally in their yeah. first few races. But to go from where he was to, you know, was it fifth place or, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a huge step forward. Yeah. And um, he seems like he's a very measured guy, mm. Jack. Mm. He's been around a long time. Like he won in Formula Ford over five years ago now and he's in the Dunlop series for a long time and probably had that extra year last year, which he didn't necessarily need, but yeah. circumstances put him there. And it's just good to see him kind of make that step forward. And, and the rookie bait race and battle this year is kind of fascinating because yeah. it seems a different guy steps up. Each each one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, well, in that case, then Stanaway's due soon because he's had a wretched start to the year. Yeah, very unfortunate. Like that lap one incident at Simmons Plains, like that happens when you're down the back of the pack. He wasn't the only one to, in, to be involved in an incident down at the hairpin in the early laps of the race. It's just... Yeah, he also arrived with the least amount of supercars experience. True, you know he didn't do Dunlop series like a full season. Mm. He did the three enduros last year, the three the year before, and a Dunlop series round. But he's the one that came with the biggest wraps, though. But it's supercar specific experience, which is sure. what the other guys have, and yeah. that's what you need to set up your car and go fast in qualifying. Mm. And well, you look at all those super two guys have the experience on the type of tire construction, like all through super two that the t- car, the ch- main championships are running again this year. So that's another yeah. thing that's there's, potentially helpful. There's le- there's levels to this game, and you know, you're at, when you when you enter it, you're at the bottom of the level, and you got to step up. Like it's it's one thing to to drive for a top team, co like co drive for a top team with a really good driver and a really good engineer, and then you know you step in on the pace already, and you feel good about life, and then you know you, you get you get accelerated into the series by yourself, uh, got your own car, your own engineer. And you go to most of the tracks that you probably don't know, and you've got to set it up yourself. It's 
it's very it's a it's a super super challenging thing because mm. you know you really don't know how to make the car fast. You don't really don't know how to drive it fast. Um, plus, you don't get a lot of practice time either, and the tires degrade a lot. So, you know, you don't get a lot of new tires, and it's just a it's a super challenging series if you're coming in so green. Yeah, and especially because some of the rookies, like you know, Hazelwood's got a brand new team built around yeah, him as well, exactly. so they're all working, you know, for the, the first time. Yeah. Mm. So, Dave, over the weekend, obviously, you were at Talon Bend, which, um, mm. you know, is a bit of a head yeah. start for yourself. So, can you tell us about what the place was like and, and your experience racing there? Man, I loved it. Like, it, it was like, so we started the weekend off doing the long track, which is like 35 corners, 7.8 k's long, um, you know, three minutes, five lap or something it is, lap time, and... When I first went around it, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I had no idea where I was going. And, like, I didn't even see a track map or there's no onboard footage <laughs> I could see or anything. So I just had to go out there and go blindly. And literally, I was blind. And um, I got lost probably three times each lap until I sort of got the hang of it. I did sort of, I did one flying lap in practice and then. At the end of the day, I, I went around in a road car and sort of figured out where it went and whatnot. And then we had a practice day, like we had qualifying practice the next, and um, that was probably the best thing I did. I could figure out where it goes, but it's really, it's really, it's a really good track. It's got a really good layout, like the long track. There's there's certain corners, like there's uh, that are blind that lead into you know other blind corners that lead into like triple right handers that tighten up on the exit. And also triple right handers that like open up on the exit, so it's just a it was a it's a it's a wild track. You you got to go there and experience it and have a look and see what it's all about. But then, you know, the, this huge dust storm came over the weekend and kind of made the back section very very um very dangerous because we were the, we were the only cars running. Everyone else was running on the short circuit, like the V8 style track, which is 4.8 k's, I think, or 4.9 k's. Mm. So then. After we qualified on the long track, uh, they realised it was too dangerous because we couldn't see where we were going, and it kind of looked like a, like I said, a, a scene from the Mummy. Had the sand, <laughs> like the sand wall came, and oh mate, it looked like the end of the world was coming. It was was crazy. it was it Roland's face in the sand you saw? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they kind of look similar, don't they? <laughs> you said that. So Which one I'd be more scared of? Um, who got bragging right? Who got bragging rights out of the supercar drivers? Who finished first out of you guys? Uh, I think Panda did. Okay. No, I'm not sure. Maybe Shane. I'm not sure. Like we, we, we didn't. None of us had the best weekend. It's a it's a pro am style race, so like you know the pros are set up an amateur, and you got to make the best of the bad situation. But uh, then after qualifying on the long track, we went to the short track, which is you know, the V8 style track, and that was kind of a lot better flow, and it, it was awesome in a GT car. I, I just had the best weekend driving it. The corners are just awesome. They're challenging. The surface is brand new. Um, but the half the problem is there's not a lot of uh, greenery around there. It's all quite desert, mm. so it kind of reminded me we were racing in Dubai again. But the facilities are unbelievable, mate. It was so cool. It was such a world-class facility. And it we, is really, really... We should also cool. say that if you want to check it out, then ASPK are running around there this weekend. You can see it live, live on Fox. Yes. So if you want to check it out, what Talon Ben looks like and get a sneak peek. If you didn't watch the Shannon's Nationals coverage on the weekend, then you can watch ASPK this weekend. Where? On but I've got, I've got to follow up a hand because 
you know, I'm, we're going there again in in August, so I kind of know where the track goes and what to expect. Where and how know, to how to get there and how to get there and where not to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I stayed in some house in Wellington that had like mice and. Oh, All is it near Snowtown yeah, by was, chance? <laughs> so average. Yeah, it's not far from Snowtown. Yeah, there's Water a, town or whatever there's it is. quiet bank around there. Or something. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. Bodies in the barrel, just trying to melt away. Yeah, real cool. So uh-huh. AJ's broken. <laughs> so, but no, it was a fantastic place. Like uh, Australia, it's the first track we've had in 20 years. Like that's a. It's actually fully, been built. How good is yeah. that? Operating. Yeah, amazing. The last one was Queensland Raceway, and that was a disaster. <laughs> Well, you've, you've talked up how good it is as a dri- driver's track. How do you think it'll be as an actual race track in terms of like passing opportunities in a supercar and the ability to race side by side? And how do you reckon that'll go? Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. Like the GT cars, you know, they we they're quite heavily aero, so some of the corners were you know third fourth gear, quite fast. Um, so it wasn't a hard, it was it was pretty hard to pass in in the GT car unless. But it's really easy to make a mistake the way the track's laid out, so that's the only way you could sort of pass people. But yeah, the V8's a bit different because you know they're really long. There's some long loaded corners. You know, there's a triple right hander after a hairpin turn that sort of goes on forever and ever, then tightens up. Um, but yeah, mate, it's just just cool. But hopefully, it suits our cars and we can mm. race there, and yeah, it should be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to Phillip Island? Yes, I love Phillip Island. Well, that, that's uh, that, Island. we're at this in a couple of days' time. Wow! Um, it's, <laughs> yes, AJ, it. this weekend. Yeah. Um, Haven't you got your flights yet? Yeah, no, I got. Yeah, he, said he was walking down. He's yeah, got no, his I'm... reservations at Pinos already. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I, I love Phillip Island as a circuit, and, and Dave, you've had mixed success there, but but hopefully with the strong package you got, you can get uh, take the W there this weekend. Yeah, mate, be always trying hard. Uh, we've got some new things to test in our car. Uh, we tried it a rookie day after um, Tasmania with Anton. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, try and, try and help him along and help myself as well. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Well, tyres were the big issue there last oh. year. You know, that was yeah, I know. Uh... That, was, that was such a good race, hey? Like, I love chaos and all the <laughs> tyre blow. Mate, I loved it. It was one of the best races of the year. It wasn't just tyres that, no... that caused the controversy. It was also the pit lane line. I think this yeah, year we're going to have, and... it's going to have to come down to the um, the Cape Baron geese to make a comeback <laughs> to, to spice things up. So they've, they've sorted out the blend line and the, and well, the tires. I think now. there was enough geese on yeah. last uh, around the circuit last year. Oh, yeah, Aww. there's 25 of them. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, well, there's 26 if you include me. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. always, we always talk about the mechanical the mechanical geese at Phillip Island. Yeah. If the race gets a bit boring, just send the mechanical geese out there. <laughs> Walk out. Oh, stop it. Um, yeah, the yeah. protected mechanical geese, too. Are they? Yeah, they, they are protected, yeah. That's why they well, they're not to... protecting themselves by standing on the bloody main straight. <laughs> no. no, that's why in MotoGP Mate, they, they usher them off, because if they hit them, it's because it's the international park well, thing. If fans are going to throw chips on the they're, track. They're either, they're either the most curious animal or the dumbest animal. They just, <laughs> Can you be both? Like, they, well, they could be both. Because like, the, in the last corner at Phillip Island, we, we, we exit there at about 220 k's an hour, and they literally stand on the edge of the track just looking at us. Waiting to get hit. <laughs> it's, it's, they're just race fans, and, like they, you they, and me. Yeah. They, they obviously are, but they stand there all day. 
all yeah, day. The best seats in the house. Stand there and Maybe don't have to pay. Don't have to queue. Maybe we need to move them because they'd be well suited to WRC events. Because those idiots stand on top on, on the side of the track like no one's business. Like they're going to get whoosh, get hey, a hit. Yeah. WRC is excellent. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying the best thing in the world. I'm not saying WRC. Not saying WRC is bad. I'm just saying there's idiots that stand too close to the circuit. Yeah, sorry and about it's that. Dirt. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, last year we, we also had, uh, the, I mean, tyres was a massive issue, and are we expecting the same problem, uh, so not same issues, I mean, there was camber issues there last year, everyone trying to push the envelope, and the tyres well, had too also, much load. Yeah, it was because the, the tyre was a different shape, you know, mm. the much squarer edge, where this year it's gone back to the, you know, the rounded sort of edge. But even like it, even when we did have the rounded edge tyre in 2016, we still blew tyres, and you yeah. still saw tyre failures, so... Going to be no different. It just depends on, you know, it's a big trade-off between uh, how much camber you run and how much speed you get out of it. Obviously, the more camber you put on, the higher load tracks like Phillip Island. Generally, the more speed you get, but it comes at a price in the race. You don't you don't go as long. Yeah, I think we saw it with Garth last year as mm. well. With GRM, they were pretty conservative, and it worked out great for them. Yeah, they're coming yeah. third in the first race. He yeah. nearly won it. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if anyone kind of adopts that approach, or they just go all out like. Everyone seems to in this game. We'll find out on Friday afternoon, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's all out. And so the one thing that we haven't uh, spoken about is the was the new qualifying format for Tassie. That was brilliant. Perth as well, which was unanimously uh, unanimously loved. Um, mm. Russell Ingall said on trackside that whatever supercars should do, they should go back to the drawing board and make it uh, across the board for all the super sprint events. And I, I tend to kind of agree with him. And Dave, what did you think about it? Yeah, we all loved it because it just it freed up a bit of um, freed up track space when you're trying to qualify, and it it also gave the punters more to watch and more to look at and more to understand about our sport. So it was it was everyone loved it. I think mm. and also, also it gave you a Friday story as well. Exactly, it's exactly what I was going to say. It made practice actually mean something. Dave, how was it exactly. out there? How was it out there on Friday afternoon at the end of FP two when everyone was trying to put a lap in? Was it was it like? that some level of congestion like it would have been in quali or not too bad well no because it gives like it's a, it goes on your combined times from practice one and two so really you can you can put new tyres on and go at any time mm. but most people try and do it with the last 10 or 15 minutes to go to try and have the same the best track group available to them but mate it's just it was really good it was because um, normally they give us 10 minute sessions and you go out do a, like a warm up lap Come in, put your put your green tyres on, and then push back. And everyone kind of pushed back at the same time. And they try and qualify with three minutes to go. So they, we had a we had so much more time to plan our day and and try and put a good lap in. So it was really good. So would it work? I mean, should they? I mean, we're implementing it at Perth, which is a shorter track, but would it lose its specialness? It's not a word. We're going to make it up if we rolled it out across more of the other. <laughs> It's uniqueness. Yeah, yeah uniqueness. maybe you yeah. could, but I don't. I don't think so. I think they they could roll it out at other places and actually make practice mean something, mm. which is you yeah, know you just got to pick and choose the right ones. Good. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess as long as you don't you don't need it at Bathurst because it's so big. Yeah, and you, yeah. you probably don't need it at, at the enduro events, but no. maybe the super sprint events is where you know you wouldn't do it at Adelaide. No, no. Um, but no. maybe the super sprint events, like you so feel the super like, sprint events. Is that what you're saying? The super sprints? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to Definitely say. Definitely the super sprint. Yeah. Events. But yeah. even just the, but look, at, look at track length yeah. as one example, yeah. too. Perhaps that's fully another way. Well, yeah. Um, well, you can see this way. It was QR. also good as a driver. Sorry. It was also good as a driver because 
you know, you had all these sessions, try and plan out and, you know, if you if you did a good job here, make it through the next one. But if you were on the cusp, you had to run another set of tyres to try and make it in. And mm. there was it was really cool to be a part of. It was uh, something a bit different. No, yeah. I love, I kind of like different stuff. Yeah, for me, that was the only, for me, the only downside was I, we should probably give whoever's in the, Hand an extra set of tyres or something so they don't use their bank for the weekend or no price, then, that's a price you pay. No, okay, yeah. no. It mixes it up. All right, cool. Yeah, you're, ro- you're wrong. So, <laughs> so if you if you if your car was set up and you did a good job, you just run one set of tyres. Yeah. Q two. Yep. Where or other teams who on the cast they try and run two sets to get through um, and try and save one for Q three, but we were good enough that we could run one set and do a good job and make it through to Q three mm-hmm. on with two sets left and try and ever go at pole. Never worked out though. My best was like fourth, but <laughs> good, pl- good plan though. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. It rewards there's your reward for the people who do a good job. Yeah. Cool. Uh so Philip Island this weekend, boys, who's gonna who's gonna take the chocolates? Apart from Apart from Dave, because obviously Dave's going to get a win. Dave's number one. Yep. Dave's so number you, one. So second place. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's start there. Who's going to Who's going to get second? Chaz. Chaz. Okay. I don't think Chaz has too many bad weekends in a row. Um, they had a complete shocker at, at um, they had Tassie. A shocker. Yeah, yeah, but they should be pretty so buoyed by the the recent news. Um, Chaz is, I think, one of the fastest guys out there in yep. terms of natural pace, and he's done plenty of laps around well, there. He did win there last year. Yeah, I, I think he's the. Uh, He's my second place. Okay. Yep. Chaz was also strong at Tasmania last year. Yep. And if, well, I guess they're very, very different tracks, so that may not translate across to this year. Um, for mine, probably McLaughlin. Okay. It was very strong. Those cars were just, well, they were strong everywhere last year, but they yep. were also strong there. And he was, he would have won that race, but for Conegate. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so Davey, who's going to be in your... Who's in the rear vision mirror? mirror. Yeah. <laughs> McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, podium for McLaughlin, perfect. Yeah, I th- I th- so before we go on, I think also it's going to be a- another good test for the Walkinshaw Andretti United yeah. Boost mm. Mobile Mobile One Mobiles, um, <laughs> because it's another different track, and they've yeah. they've really impressed so far with yep. their versatility. This one's got the long sweeping corners and high deg. Well, this is the the last of those four different circuits. Like of the four circuits we've been this year or going to this year, that should be a, a good guide for the rest of the year. Yeah, and if they do well here, then they've had an amazing turnaround from where they were yep. six mm. to 12 months ago. So I think, yeah, it's worth mentioning them, giving them the, the credit they deserve. And yeah. this will be another massive test if they pass. That's great for the sport. They're, a, they con- also- they're con- cha- a definite championship contender if they if they pass this weekend. And for second. For second. second, of course. And Andretti also beat Penske at Long Beach in the IndyCar race oh, over the weekend. Okay. So they're, I think they're ahead Classic of every... Honda yeah, versus Chev. Yeah. yeah. Supercars. Now, now <laughs> yeah. Davey, there was, a, there was a rumor up and down pit lane that I may have started that, that uh, you guys were going quick at Tassie because you had the, the new E on front of your car. Is, uh, <laughs> is the Erebus badge staying for Phillip Island? Yeah, I think we're going to have it on. We're going to stay for the rest of the year, I think. The Russell Ingle until Memorial. Ford come, until, sorry, until like uh, Holden comes and gives us money. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. The Russell Ingle Memorial Enforcer badge. Yes, he, he will claim that as his own. <laughs> no, nah, he's not claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell him that. Russell was not the enforcer, he was the endorser. Because <laughs> he had so many personal sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, w- when you come up for your uh, winning trackside interview, you can wheel that out and see how that goes on the... 
on the panel. Yeah, yeah, I think I've already told him. Have you? Yeah. When are we getting sponsors too? Yeah, no, he loves it. Where's, where's that Hungry Jacks? Yeah. Oh, we need, we need to get that. Where's that. It's in the works. Where's that oh, pen right? I'll throw you out some HJs, no worries. Hey. <laughs> like, the local store and I'll put it on my tab. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it, Hungry Jacks. Sometimes I do. You never know. Really? You... Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, boys, uh, <laughs> just, I'm going to leave it there because it's, it's a nice little pinpoint note. Um, thanks for chatting to us this week, and uh, we will uh, see everyone after Phillip Island. Well, hold on. Just one, right, one, quick, one, oh, one, one quick shout out to Fogues for getting the Mustang story. Um, brilliant work, Fogues. You're, you're an old champion. Love yep. you. <laughs> All right. He is good bloke. Old Fogues. We love him. See everyone next week. <laughs>